Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. I want to talk about the importance of good nutrition to our overall health. And hopefully by the end of this conversation, you will understand what a benefit good nutrition is to our overall health. In the United States, black people suffer disproportionately when it comes to almost all illnesses. The good news is that in many cases, this just doesn't have to be the story. With knowledge comes power. And of course, if you've listened to Earrings Off at all, you know we believe strongly and when we know better, we do better. So how about we get started? The leading causes of death among African-American are related to complications from diabetes, blood pressure, stroke, and cancer. With diabetes, it is 60% more common in blacks than whites. Blacks are up to 2.5 times more likely to suffer from a limb amputation and up to 5.6 times more likely to suffer kidney disease than any other people with diabetes. High blood pressure. Now, the prevalence of high blood pressure in African-Americans is highest in the world. In the world. Blacks develop high blood pressure earlier in life and have much higher blood pressure levels than whites. Nearly 42% of black men and more than 45% of black women aged 20 and older have high blood pressure. High blood pressure increases our risk of heart disease and stroke and it can cause permanent damage to the heart before you even notice any symptoms. That's why it is referred to as the silent killer. Stroke. Stroke kills four times more 35 to 54 year old black Americans than white Americans. Blacks have nearly twice the first time stroke risk of whites. Vascular diseases, those are those that affect our our arteries and veins, also disproportionately affect African-Americans. Stroke impacts African-Americans more than any other racial group at a younger age. Sadly, blacks are twice as likely to die from stroke as Caucasians, Caucasians, and are more likely to become disabled and experience difficulties with daily activities if they survive a stroke cancer. Now, even with all the new treatment treatment advances in testing, African Americans have the highest mortality rate for all cancers combined with any other racial and ethnic group. African American women have a 20% higher death rate than white women. Despite lower tobacco exposure, black men are 50% more likely than white men 
to get lung cancer. Now, why I'm pretty sure, like for me, after reading those those um, statistics, it's like, why, you know? Why are we different? And why are we impacted so differently and so much greater than others? We're all human. We have the same physiology and are vulnerable to the same illnesses and respond to the same medicines. But for some reason, um, diseases and responses to treatment do vary from person to person. And let's talk a little bit about that. So genetics, a genetic predisposition is that increased likelihood of developing a particular disease based on a person's genetic makeup. But we do, even with that, have some control, some control. Because think about it, we tend to eat and live the way our parents did, right? So for instance, if your parents had a poor lifestyle or made poor lifestyle choices, uh, then and it resulted into a, a disease like say type two diabetes, then you have to really take a good hard look because type two type two diabetes for sure is a lifestyle um, is a lifestyle disease. So you take a good hard look at your lifestyle and make sure that you're not making the same mistakes that your parents made and increasing your risk for type two diabetes. Because we know that changing your lifestyle to adopt healthier eating practices, making sure to exercise and making sure to get good rest, having practices that will help to relieve stress, it goes, those can go a long way at preventing type 2 diabetes. That's just one example, right? Socioeconomics. So that socioeconomic status plays a big part in, in why, um, African Americans suffer disproportionately because it has to socioeconomics has to do with income and education and the type of jobs we hold, you know, and all of those. If we don't have the money or, or the education to know the right things to do to help us be um, be well, and the jobs we have put us at higher risk of disease, all of those can impact our health. Environmental. Environmental is another big thing for African-Americans. We tend to live in neighborhoods um, that have factories, poor air quality, thus having bad air quality in outside our homes and inside our homes. And we tend to um, have other factors like um, living in older homes that have lead in the paint still, which can lead to lead poisoning with our children. And water, of course, water quality tends to be worse in poor neighborhoods. And then there's nutrition. Health is pretty dependent on what we eat. And this is what I want to focus on for the rest of my presentation, how important good nutrition is. So we have genetics, which oftentimes we can't do a lot about, uh, but there are some things we can do. Uh, as I stated, socioeconomics, environmental, and now I'm going to focus on nutrition. How can nutrition make a difference? So we talked about the statistics related to diabetes, blood pressure, stroke, and cancer. Luckily for us, we don't have to eat a different diet for diet to cure diabetes or to help us ha- um, manage diabetes 
or blood pressure or stroke or cancer. It's all just a good diet, just having a good diet and good nutrition. So what is good nutrition? To me, when, it, when I think of eating good, I think of eating good food that loves me back, loving and eating good food that loves me back. So many of us, including me, when I talk, when I tell you these things, I'm also, I'm also preaching to myself, uh, just like anybody else. I love a good French fry <laughs> and I often prefer that to say grabbing uh, a more healthy snack, like maybe a sweet potato or some, or beets or, or something, you know? Um, and of course, who doesn't prefer fried chicken to baked chicken, you know? What if we didn't have to choose between good food and good for you food? And that's what I'm hoping to accomplish with the following uh, list of foods that I'm going to describe. They are foods that are good for you and they support the type of healthy life you need in order to avoid or to cure high blood pressure, diabetes, prevent strokes, and even help you to cure cancer. Basically, the foods that I'm going to describe, like I said, are good for just an overall healthy lifestyle. Let's start with avocado. Avocados are creamy, they're succulent. I mean, you can put them on, you can put avocado on toast, you can make it into guacamole, you can chop it up into salads, and you can put it in your smoothie. Those are just some of the ways that you can use it, but listen to what it does for you when you incorporate it. Avocados contain the best kind of fat, the monounsaturated fat that helps your body to block the absorption of bad fats, like cholesterol. It's high in lutein, which is good for your eyesight, and it's high in potassium and folate, which help to reduce the risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease. And I mentioned beets earlier. I absolutely love beets during the fall months. I don't know why, but it's something about root vegetables that I like eating during fall and winter, especially fall. Beets are also a good source of folate. And folates help with uh, guarding against birth defects and colon cancer and osteoporosis. They're also high in fiber and beta-carotene. And beets can be used a number of ways. You can roast beets. Um, you can chop it up and put it on your, on your smoothie. You juice beets and drink the juice. Potatoes. Sweet. Sweet potatoes are my all-time favorite because they contain phytonutrients that promote heart and eye health and it boosts your immunity and it's flush with beta-carotene. And beta-carotene also helps with breast cancer, helps to lower breast cancer. And it has a lot of vitamin A, which may help reduce the effects of smoking. And sweet potatoes, again, it's a powerhouse nutritionally and it's so versatile. You can use it in soups, uh, curries, you can bake them, you can roast them, you can even fry them, but I wouldn't recommend that. But there again, I love potatoes, fried potatoes. <laughs> 
french fries and I like either sweet or uh, regular, but certainly you want that to be your last resort. Uh, frying. Cruciferous vegetables like cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli. Cruciferous vegetables contain a powerful range of disease fighters. The nutrients within these cruciferous vegetables, they increase enzymes that help to lower your incidence of colon and lung cancers. Powerful stuff. And those are very popular. So I'm pretty sure you guys are already eating cabbage and cauliflower and broccoli. But one thing that's been pretty um, prominent in our diets is exchanging your rice, the grain rice, with rice cauliflower. Um, if you're looking at lowering your carbohydrates, that's one thing that you can do. And it's actually a healthy trait. Um, and cabbage, of course, you can steam it. Um, I love roasted cabbage. That's a recipe that I got from my mom and I almost never steam it anymore. It is delicious cooked in the oven. And of course, there's, um, what do you call that? Coleslaw that you can make with cabbage and broccoli steamed raw or boiled is very, very good and good for you. Let's talk a little bit about blueberries. The blueberries, you can top your oatmeal or any hot cereal that you you might choose. You can top, or any cereal, you can put blueberries on top of. You can eat them fresh or frozen. Um, they are so good for you. Another powerhouse when it comes to antioxidants. And we know that antioxidants helps uh, preventing and controlling inflammation in our body. And the compounds that that are also found in blueberries um, help have an anti-diabetic effect as well. So blueberries, another powerhouse. Be sure to include that one. Dark leafy greens like your spinach and your kale and your Swiss chard and your collard greens. They're all excellent sources of iron. And that's especially important for us women. Leafy greens also include vitamin A and lutein, which is good for our eye health, as I mentioned before. And all, and another thing that I haven't mentioned about um, uh, greens and in many of these vegetables, you get a, a good amount of omega-3s. It's very good to have a balance between omega-6 and omega-3s. You want to get more omega-3s than you do omega-6 in your diet. So with dark leafy greens, you can eat them cooked, steamed, or raw on salads, or they can actually be your salad base. Um, but again, powerhouse when it comes to nutrition. Alliums. By alliums, you know what I mean. I'm talking about your onions and your garlic and your leeks. They also have remarkable traits, nutritional traits. They can help lower blood pressure and cholesterol levels. Research suggests that they inhibit the growth of prostate, stomach, and colon cancer cells. They also have antibiotic properties, which we know antibiotic means that they, it can wart off germs. Keep those in mind when you're making those salads, when you're steaming those vegetables. You know, you can add onions, you can add garlic, you can add leeks. Those are great flavor enhancers to any dish that you might make. Whole grains. One of my favorite whole grains is buckwheat. Buckwheat 
is high in magnesium, just like other grains, and vitamin B, fiber, and manganese, but only when they're in the whole form. Remember, when they're not whole, they've been stripped of all the good nutrition. And we all know how we can include grains. Of course, I'm talking about uh, buckwheat, quinoa, oatmeal. One of the things I'll share with you is if you haven't tried buckwheat as a flour replacement, as a wheat flour replacement, you should certainly give it a try. One of my favorite dishes to have is buckwheat pancakes. They are absolutely fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about spices that we should include in our daily diets. Turmeric. Turmeric is an is used in a lot of holistic medicine as a digestive aid and wound healer. And it serves as an anti-inflammatory. Now we know turmeric is a primary ingredient in curry. And if you like Indian dishes, curry dishes, you're getting turmeric in those dishes. You don't have to have curry to enjoy turmeric. Turmeric fresh can be added to your smoothies. You can juice it and drink it. You can use it as a powder to season almost anything. You can drink it as a tea. So it's very flexible. Be sure to research that one and include that another powerhouse um, nutrient in your diet. Oregano. This, I mean, these things are, uh, all of the things that I'm mentioning, they have such good nutritious benefits. Oregano, like I was saying, is a powerful antioxidant. If you take, for instance, a half teaspoon of dried oregano and sprinkle it over your salad, put it in your spaghetti sauce or on uh, any dish, it has the benefits of a, a whole spinach salad. Think about that for a minute. Think about that, okay? And give it a try. Oregano also has the ability to act as an expectorant, clearing congestion, and also it can improve your digestion. Cinnamon. Cinnamon, in my opinion, is the gold medalist of spices. I love cinnamon. I add it to my teas. I add it to my sweet potatoes. I add it to my smoothies. Um, it is high in antioxidants. In fact, is higher in antioxidant than any other spice. It also has positive effects on blood glucose levels. So adding it to foods can keep you feeling steady and satiated. Let's not forget ginger, cayenne, and black pepper are also good spices to include in your daily diet and nutrition intake. They Besides putting a little heat and spice into your foods, these compounds boost your metabolism. They also have an aphrodisiac effect, but you want to avoid consuming these if you're bothered by hot flashes, okay? Now, lastly, I want to talk about nuts, specifically walnuts. Of all nuts, walnuts contain the most omega-3 fatty acids, which we know lowers our bad cholesterol. And they also help in reducing inflammation in our arteries. Walnuts are a good source of antioxidants, vitamin E, selenium, and magnesium. And folks, I, I could go on and on, but I want you to take some time and do a little bit your own research. But certainly adding these foods 
to your daily nutrition intake can help if you are dealing with diabetes, blood pressure, stroke, or cancer, or any other disease. These things are good for overall nutrition. Folks, we really need to change the way we think about food. We have to see food as fuel. We have to think of food as serving and nourishing our bodies as a real benefit to our bodies. And we have to eat things that are good for us, that love us back. We need to eat not just what tastes good, looks good, or what we are used to eating, but eat what is good for us. I am not saying deprive yourselves, but most of the food we eat should provide good nutrition and not just be those comfort foods. Food should give us life, energy, and make us feel good. And we need to pay attention to what we eat and how it makes us feel. Simply put, we should eat to live and not live to eat. I know I laugh because it is it's a struggle for me too, but but it's real. We need to eat to live and not live to eat. A good deal of the problems with healthy diets comes from our attitudes. You know, especially, you know, eating in our culture, we tend to associate well, not just our culture, many cultures. We tend to associate uh food with festive occasions, you know, uh, with the good life and not what is right or important for our bodies. People tell me all the time what you should or shouldn't eat during specific times of the day. Like, for instance, eggs and sausage is what we're supposed to eat for breakfast. But who says we can't have avocado toast for breakfast? Who says we can't eat a salad for breakfast. Don't let marketing and sales tactics and doing the things the way our parents did it or the way we just have come to know uh, it to be done to be to dictate how we how when and what we eat. You have to be intuitive. You have to be intentional about what you eat. You have to pay attention to what you eat and how that impacts how you feel. I'm gonna get off my soapbox now, people, and I'm gonna end with this. A naturopathic doctor once told me, make sure that the majority of the foods you eat will spoil. Just eat it before it does. Marinate on that a little bit. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you learned something from this presentation on eating yourself to wellness. Have a good day.